Fakhruddin al-Razi said the reason that Allah has given us this complexity is because he gives several reasons but among them he says is had it all been spelled out black and white no difficulties we would have been like automatons there would have been no diversity there would only been one madhab one way of doing things and everybody had to follow it that's not human nature you will never have all of humanity agreeing on any one thing and and so diversity is our nature there are people that are strict so there's all these hadith that suit those strict people there are people that are lenient there's all these other hadith that suit those lenient people there are people that really like to be strict on themselves and on others and there's all these hadith that they're going to find that are they fit them perfectly they seem to know all those hadith they don't know any of the other hadith about leniency and being but they know all those that's the vastness of islam is that and then there's people that that uh uh incline towards certain uh things that don't incline towards other things and it's all there in the prophet sallallahu sunnah so he says that that vastness is the universality of islam and 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 when you have a book that is nuanced that is subtle that is can be interpreted on many different levels it's going to encourage the universality it's going to complement that aspect of humanity and then he says another important aspect is that everybody wants to prove their point so when they take a position about something in the Quran they're going to work really hard to strengthen their position. So it forces a type of study. If everybody agreed on it, people wouldn't be studying. Like today, for the people that were in my Madiki class, I was talking about the difference between the Sadal and the Qabal. If there wasn't a difference of opinion, everybody would just be doing this and nobody would know why they're doing it other than that's what everybody does. But because there's a difference of opinion, it forces you to look at the hadith, it forces you to know the people that had this opinion, why they had that opinion, and then what their dalil was and why. And so it creates a type of, of intellectual uh, engagement with the tradition that would not otherwise exist, which is very important. I mean, one of the things, people tell me all the time, Muslims are always arguing over stupid things, like the moon sighting. Every year we have this argument, why can't we just work it out? Well, it is amazing that we are an ummah that still cares about these things that much to where they're actually important. Because a lot of religions don't even care about these things anymore and they're like, who cares? What's the big deal? And that's their attitude towards their religion. But for Muslims, they do care. They want to do the right thing and there's different opinions about what the right thing is and they get passionate about it. Now sometimes they become overzealous and that's a problem. But better in some ways to be overzealous than to be dead spiritually as a community. To not have any uh, real zeal about your faith or your religion. So I don't think that's a negative about the Muslims. What we're lacking is civil society. What we're lacking is adab al-ikhtilaf. And one could argue that we've never had it 
universally in the Muslim Ummah. I'll give you a few examples just to point this out. Imam uh, At-Tabari, his house was stoned by students of the Hanbali Madrasa in Iraq when he was teaching because he didn't consider Ahmad a faqih. They went and stoned his house. Imam al-Nasai was stomped to death by uh, one of the greatest muhaddithin in Muslim history. He was literally stomped to death in a masjid. So it's not like there hasn't been these terrible things that have happened in our history. There are. There have been terrible things. And you'll find these in all religious traditions. When you get fanatics, when you get idiots, when you get knuckleheads that have no other way, you know, of, of understanding something except their limited way, you know, this, this, this provincial attitude, and that somehow it's my religious duty to stomp out any other way of viewing it. Uh, it's a problem. Religion becomes poisonous. As far as I'm concerned, it actually becomes a, a source of human suffering as opposed to a source of human enlightenment, of actually elevating people's states of getting them closer to God. It actually, it, it distances them from God. They become harsh, hard-hearted. And that's why immediately after this verse, first of all, it warns us about people. Whenever you find people that are interested in, you know, these verses in the Quran that are hazy, and they want you to make sure you know that they mean exactly what they say they mean, in other words, that they're muhkamat, the first thing, know that they're from the people of fitna, that Allah warns against and that they have deviation in their hearts, they have zayg in their hearts. But the second thing, know that they don't have intellect. Because Allah praises the people of intellect at the end of those verses. Saying that the people that really understand this are people of intellect because they know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, istawa ala al-arsh, you know, that he, He's a, a, upon a throne, that they know by their intellect that it is absolutely inconceivable for the infinite creator of the heavens and the earth to be limited by time or space. To be mahmul, to be carried on anything. They know that. But they're not going to deny that verse because that verse is there. So they say we believe in it, but, but, and we know it doesn't mean what it appears to mean because with God there is no how. And this is what Imam Malik when he was asked, Kifar istiwa, how did, how did God uh, istawa? which in, in Arabic can mean to sit. So he asked, how did God do this istiwa? And Imam Malik said, al-istiwa ma'loom. The istiwa is known. In other words, that it, it's in the Quran. Wal-kayfa ghayru ma'qool. And the how is completely irrational. It's inconceivable. And in a riwayah majhul, it's, you know, it's just... It's not something you could ever know what that means. And then he said, And to ask about it is a bid'ah. It's an innovation. Because none of the salaf asked about it. That, that was Imam Malik's position. So these, the only reason I'm focusing on this is because this is a problem in our time. That's the only reason. I, I would pass over these a lot quicker, but you need to understand that there are people out there that are presenting a position and they're saying this is the position of the first community and it's not. It's a deviant position. And they can call us deviants, I, that's fine. You know, 
Allah says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to settle this on the Day of Judgment. So you're a deviant, I'm a deviant, fine. We'll wait. Let's just act civilly towards each other. I'm going to pray next to you in the masjid. I'll break my Ramadan fast with you. I'll say salamu alaikum and we'll be friends. You're a deviant, I'm a deviant. But on Yom Qiyamah, we'll see who the deviant is. And I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. But if defending God's vastness is deviancy, I'm willing to be a deviant.